Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smartwater Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. Welcome back to First Bite. We are back in our interview podcast series coming to you live from the Pride of Detroit Twitch page, twitch.tv slash Pride of Detroit. My name is Jeremy Reisman. I'm the producer over at Pride of Detroit. You can find me at Detroit Online on Twitter. With me, as always, co-hosting our First Bite interview show is our senior editor at Ryan underscore POD on Twitter. Ryan Matthews is here. How we doing, buddy? Uh, The world's on fire. Just in time yours? for this podcast. Oh. Oh, oh, hey, I'm sorry for that. Set me up with a smash mouth. I gotta, I gotta take it. Oh man. So good. Uh, now now please, please segue smash mouth to Kent. Now do that. Nope. Uh, (laughs) not at all. Uh, but Hey, uh, while the, the league is on fire with draft trades, we are going to talk about the draft, uh, and talk about last week's NFL combine. We talked about it a little bit on the main POD cast, but we needed an expert here. The expert really for the NFL combine, maybe the most, uh, in demand guy, that entire week short of maybe Daniel Jeremiah. I think it's, it's, it's neck and neck to be completely honest. (laughs) Um, But he is first of all, a pride of Detroit alum. Uh, He is the creator and developer of Raz relative athletic score. And he is now the NFL analytics and applications development over pro football network at math bomb on Twitter. Kent Lee Platty is back. Kent, welcome back, buddy. Always glad to be back, man. You guys are always a blast, and the Lions fandom is always so good to us. So let's let's kick it off, man. Yeah, uh, and in case people don't know who Kent is, which blows my mind, if if that's the case, <laughs> um, uh, he is a Detroit Lions fan too. So that makes him an especially unique person to have here on our podcast. Uh, let's talk about Raz really quick again, just in case there are some people living under rocks that don't know what Raz is. Again, it stands for Relative Athletic Score. Give me like the elevator pitch of what Raz is and, and why it's caught on like wildfire. Relative Athletic Score is a composite metric that takes at player athletic testing and puts it on a zero to ten scale. Anybody can understand a zero to ten scale. Zero is never going to be good on a zero to ten scale. So you know that zero is bad. You know ten is good. And you know that five is right in the middle. Everything on the cards is, is stoplight color-coded, red, yellow, and green. You always know that red is bad. You know, that green is good. And you can figure out that yellow's in between. Um, the idea behind this was to create a contextualized way of looking at player metrics so that fans can understand whether or not these guys are testing well. They can understand just by a glance if a player's 40-yard dash is good for his position group or not. Um, a four-five-five might look very differently at defensive end than it does at wide receiver. A wide receiver running a four-five-five isn't that big of a deal. That's pretty average. But a defensive end running it, that's a pretty big deal. And an offensive lineman running it would be otherworldly. We haven't had it yet. Someday, <laughs> probably. <laughs> um, but the idea, the reason it's caught on, I think, is just because of that. It's very simple. It's very easy to understand. Uh, the idea was to create something that was simple and easy to understand. And I think, for the most part, I've succeeded in that front. Um, people pick it up because it's easy. Yeah, it's it's awesome. And it's cool to see how it's developed over the years and how it looks spiffier and spiffier every every year with a, a nice fresh design uh, upkeep. But uh, the, the basis, the basic of it remains the same because it is so easy to understand. And uh, and, and I, I commend you for it. But let's let's get into it. Let's talk about uh, the NFL Combine. And I think I want to format this uh, as 
let's go through what I view to be as the Lions' top needs. And for for those of you concerned listening at home that we're going to talk about quarterbacks the entire time, I've taken it out of the outline completely. You guys know Anthony Richardson was really, really fast. We don't need to talk about it. Uh, We've talked quarterback to death this week, to be frank. So we're going to start with cornerback. And let's start with maybe the the biggest quote-unquote winner of of the cornerback group and Christian Gonzalez, a guy who now is being very commonly mocked to the Lions at six. Tell me uh, about his performance and then maybe to contextualize it, who's a guy that athletically he compares to uh, that's in the NFL? Yeah, he ended up with a 9.95 out of 10, which I think that's very, very good. Um, he didn't test below average in any metric. He came it came in above average, above 90th percentile in his height, 80 above 80th percentile in his weight, uh, 95th percentile in his speed. He ran a 4.38, so he's a sub 4.4 guy. Um, he had a 41 and a half inch vertical and an 11 foot, uh, 11 foot one inch broad jump. Both of those are 98th and 97th percentile, respectively. Um, obviously those are very good numbers, exactly what you're looking for. Um, and that's just, that's just what you want. You want those kinds of testing numbers. The, uh, RAS cards actually have a comparison right beneath the cards now on every player page. It gives the top five comps that we could find. And I know Lions fans are really going to love the first comp that comes up for Christian Gonzalez, which is Jalen Ramsey. Hmm. Um, his closest athletic comp being Jalen Ramsey probably raises a few eyebrows, um, they're both very similar in size. They both had a 14 inch vert. Their 40 yard dashes were very similar. They both had 41 and a half inch, uh, vertical jumps. Their broad jumps were both over 11 feet. Um, Ramsey did do agility testing and was above average there. Uh, Gonzalez skipped that at the combine and we'll probably do that in his pro day. So he tested very, very similar to a guy that I know a lot of Lions fans are clamoring for. Um, so there's your, there's your athletic comp. I love that. A couple of other winners, um, specifically one guy who I think really shot up draft boards and, and got on a lot of people's radar, including mine, uh, Deontay Banks from Maryland. Um, if you could talk about him a little bit, Kent, um, and, and let us know, is that somebody that you would feel comfortable with the Lions maybe taking at 18 if, if they don't take a cornerback at six? Yeah, he's got to be one of the biggest winners of the combine in terms of actually moving up, right? Because everybody kind of knew Christian Gonzalez was one of the top guys. Yeah. Um, but they didn't really have that kind of view with Deontay Banks. He was he was moving up in boards, but I don't think he was consistently in the first round. I think he's going to be very firmly in the first round for a lot of folks now. Um, also ran extremely well. He ran a 4.35. He's got good size. Very, very explosive dude. Very similar to what we were just talking about with Christian Gonzalez, just a little bit shorter. He's not short. He's just shorter than Christian Gonzalez is. Um, compares very favorably athletically to Byron Jones, Marshawn Lattimore, both of which were longtime starters in the league um, and have had some pretty good success in the NFL. Um, I think that you can absolutely take a player like that at 18, especially considering his tape kind of backs that up. A lot of people have been had been moving up him, him up boards before he even tested at the combine. I like this. We, we've chosen a a cornerback that compares to Jalen Ramsey from a Rams background. And now we've uh, gone to Deontay Bakes, who co- compares to Marshawn Lattimore, who obviously uh, has a Dan Campbell slash Aaron Glenn background. Um but let's I mean, let's let's say the lines go in another direction. Maybe they get a defensive lineman early and God forbid they go running back at 18. Uh, who's a cornerback maybe on those day two, day three guys that made an impression with you last week? Yeah, you're probably not going to have a shot at, at Joey Porter Jr. in the second round. Um, you may have a shot at Cam Smith. Cam Smith is another guy that tested really well. 
Um, he just might get caught up in a numbers game. There's a lot of really good cornerbacks in this class, and the Lions are picking picking early enough in the second round. I think they're going to get a shot at one of those guys. Uh, two names to keep an eye out for, though, are Julius Brents from Kansas State, um, another really big cornerback. He's 6'2 and three quarters, uh, almost 200 pounds, ran a 4'5'3, great explosion drills. Um, 98th and 99th percentile, respectively, almost the best broad jump in history. He's never going to hit the best because Byron Jones is still a thing. Uh, <laughs> but his agility drills were phenomenal. He had a 4.05 shuttle and a 6.63 cone, which at his height and his size is just bonkers. Um, but he's a guy to look out for. Also, was already considered a day two guy and then tested like a day two guy. So you want to keep an eye out for him. Um, Darius Rush from South Carolina is another guy you want to keep an eye on. Very, very fast. He ran a 4.36. Um, obviously, we just talked about Deontay Banks being a little bit faster at 4.35. But if there's anybody that plays faster than anybody else in this class at cornerback, the cornerback position, it's Darius Rush, which makes sense because you got a name like Rush. You got to kind of back it up. <laughs> right. Um, he didn't test very well in the explosiveness drills um, and he didn't do the agility drills. You're going to see a lot of that from guys at the combine. A lot of guys skip out on that and then do it at their pro days. Um, but he's a very good athlete and has a lot of, of promising tape to back it up as well. I, I want to circle back real quick on cornerbacks. One other name that I think we need to talk about specifically just because he didn't participate in the combine. He didn't participate at Illinois uh, Pro Day. He's having his own workout on April 5th, I, I believe. That's Devin Witherspoon. What kind of numbers are you expecting from Witherspoon and what kind of numbers does he need to have to kind of check that box, Ken? Yeah, he's a very good athlete. And if he had tested, I would have expected him to be pretty close to Christian Gonzalez. I tend to think that Christian Gonzalez is a little bit better athlete than Devin Witherspoon is, but they're both phenomenal athletes. I would have expected them both to be very high in the nines in terms of testing. Gonzalez obviously was a 9.95. I would have expected Witherspoon somewhere in the low nine nines, high nine eights, which is like just barely behind that. Right. Um, you know, it's he's a very, very good athlete. Unfortunately, he wasn't able to test. He wasn't able to test his pro day either. He is having a personal pro day on April 5th, I believe. So I'm still hopeful that we'll get numbers for him before the draft. Yeah, I guess the the the, the main difference between those two really just being the height then. Yeah, that's really all that it's going to boil down to. I think he's going to run very well. I think I think he's going to test slightly behind Gonzalez, but there's he's so far on the extreme high end of testing anyway that it's not going to really change the numbers all that much. All right, let's let's go to that uh, that other scenario I talked about. The lines maybe going defensive line early, specifically defensive tackle remains a pretty large need for them. So uh, Brisset is obviously maybe the the best option outside of Jalen Carter and and. Who knows what's going to happen with Jalen Carter? We'll, we'll again, we'll just kind of push him to the side of the the conversation here since he wasn't. I, I don't know if he wasn't able to do on field drills or just decided not to. Whatever it was, uh, Brian Bursay out of Clemson and Kalaja Kansi are the two top names there. Uh, obviously, very different players, uh, very different sizes of players. Um, but which one do you, I guess, like fitting what Detroit wants to do? Yeah, Detroit wants to be really physical, and both of those guys are really physical. They both are, are known for their first step. Cansey's uh, first step is is it's just obscene the the way that that guy can get off the snap. Um, if he times your snap correctly, it's over. You're, he's in the backfield, and it's very very difficult to defend. Um, he is an undersized pit defensive tackle. I know fans are going to love to hear this, but his closest athletic comp was Aaron Donald. <laughs> Um, so we can't, we can't do anything with it cause he didn't do all the testing. So it's kind of stuck with, Oh, it's going to be the next Aaron Donald. 
probably not. But I mean, that's where we're at right now. Um, <laughs> Kent, you're saying he's probably not going to be the greatest defensive player of our generation. <laughs> Darn. Probably not. <laughs> um, maybe he will be. Maybe we're all we're all overthinking it. And he really is that guy. I don't want to I don't want to completely write him off. Um, but uh, maybe not. Who knows? Um, but we have uh, we have very little to go on outside of that in terms of testing. Uh, Bresi is is all about his his medicals, right? Because the guy's coming off uh, a pretty bad knee injury, and teams wanted to see whether he was going to have any of that fluidity, whether he was going to still have that explosiveness. Um, you know, the idea that he is going to come back 100% and be able to play at the high level that he played in college was was a pretty big concern. Um, he doesn't really have the type of production that you want from a guy that high either, but he did look really good in terms of health when he was at the combine. He didn't look like that knee was bothering him at all. All of his medicals, as far as I've heard, have come back clean, um, and everything looks to be on the right track with him. So you have a very good player in both of those guys. For what the Lions like to do, I don't think you can really go wrong with either of them. I think there's a little bit less risk in Cansey than there is in Bressy. I'm always very conservative when it comes to injuries. Um, but even taking that out of the equation, I just think you you know more of what you're going to get with Cansey. He, tran- he translates to what you can figure out what you're going to do with him just by watching him play. You know what you're going to do. Bressy has a lot of really good stuff on his, on his plate, a lot of good things that he can do. But he's going to be a little bit tougher to fit in a specific role than I think you get with Cansey. Yeah, and I think that's one of the most interesting discussions that's going to lead all the way up and, and through the draft of the Detroit Lions, just because, like you mentioned, Ken, in terms of fit, flexibility with what they want to do with their defensive tackles, you mentioned they want to be physical. They have the, I guess I'd, I guess I'll call it the luxury of what they want to do with Lee McNeil. You know, he he's shown an ability to, to be a, a nose tackle, but they seem to really like him at, at the three-tech as well. So let's talk about some of the guys that you like at nose tackle. Um, you know, maybe some guys who at the combine helped improve their stack. Yeah. So there's two guys, as far as nose tackles go, that, that you really wanted to pay attention to that, that tested how they should have for nose tackles. I'm going to complain about one of them, but I want to preface it (laughs) by saying that the only person who was, who should have been like annoyed by how he tested or, or disappointed in his testing is just me. I'm the only one. No one else should be disappointed in his testing than just me. Can I um, ask you a question real quick, Kent? Yeah. What, what is that metric that you're looking for from a nose tackle? Nose tackles have to be big. They have to be explosive and they have to have a uh, good length. Um, but you don't really care about any of the timing drills. You don't really care whether they're fast or agile. Agility is a huge plus, And I'll get to that. Um, but you, that's not a thing that you really care all that much for. You want them to be big. You want them to be strong. You want them to be explosive. Um, that's three out of 10 testing metrics for RAS. So nose tackles tend to be a lot lower um, in terms of RAS. And both of these guys ended up below average. Um, the first was Jared Clark, the uh, defensive tackle from Coastal Carolina. Great size. He didn't bench, but he did do uh, well enough in the explosion drills that you're for a size where you're okay with it. He did really well in his shuttle drill, which is uh, uh, for a nose tackle is a very big plus. One of the big reasons um, that New England was as successful as they were with the big guys that they've used in the last couple of decades was getting big guys that could move laterally well. Um, and that's something that Jared Clark tested very well in. So he tested for a nose tackle very, very well, just below average for Raz. But for a nose tackle, that's fine. You don't you don't really care about that. 
Um, I'm going to complain about Siaki Ika because he didn't test how I wanted him to. Um, I love super athletic nose tackles. You guys know that when we drafted Aline McNeil, I left work at pro football network to come on your guys' pod and celebrate um, with, with you guys. When we drafted Aline McNeil, I love really athletic nose tackles. And I expected Ika to be one of those guys. Unfortunately, he wasn't um, as a nose tackle though. It, the, the numbers are fine. His weight was really good. He also didn't bench. I expect him to do well there. He didn't do his broad jump, which is one of those numbers that you want. So he only really did the weight. So one of the three drills that he would have done well in, and then all of his testing drills. So his Raz ended up like 2.02, which is really, really low. Um, his agility drill was a just below average, which again, for a nose tackle, that's, that's very good for a nose tackle to be just barely below average for a defensive tackle. Um, so it, his, his numbers ended up good for a nose tackle. You shouldn't be worried about that. If you like him as a nose tackle, me personally, I wanted him to be a little bit more <laughs> fair. Uh, one more guy before we take a break. I want to talk a little bit about Zach Pickens. Cause he's kind of a, a unique guy. He's like, he's six, four, but he's only two ninety one. uh, tested pretty well. It looks like athletically across the board. Where do you kind of view his best fit? Do you think the lines can maybe fit him into their plan? Because he might be a guy that can kind of move up and down a little bit. Lions like guys that are, are versatile on the line. They like guys yeah. that move inside and out. They like to run that NASCAR package. They like to have that versatility when they're, they have guys on their line. Um, I don't know where he is from a value standpoint. I've, I've been trying to pinpoint where exactly I would take him. Cause I don't, I don't really view him so much as a day two guy. I, I kind of view him more as a day three guy. Um, he did test really well though. So it might've moved him up far enough that they might consider him that highly. Um, whether or not that's fair, I don't have a good enough grasp on his play to be able to say that, but um, athletically, it's exactly what you want. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. We're going to take a quick break here. When we come back, we're going to talk guard. We're going to talk linebacker and we'll talk a little running back. When we come back here on first bite with Kent Lee Platty, the developer of Raz and pride of Detroit alum. We'll be right back. Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Life moves pretty fast. Are you drinking water that can keep up? Smartwater Alkaline has everything you need to stay hydrated, no matter where your day takes you. Whether you're pitching a tent or your next big idea, Smartwater Alkaline can help you perform your best. It delivers a pure, crisp taste that makes it the perfect chaser after a big workout. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. Support for this episode comes from Viator. Sure, a good souvenir is always fun, but it's the experiences that people love the most about traveling. When you get back home, that t-shirt might fade and that snow globe might break, but it's those once in a lifetime memories that will last. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like architectural sightseeing, snorkeling excursions, sunset cruises, and so much more. With Viator, you can reserve everything from simple tours to thrilling adventures with over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries. Whether you're a foodie, a history buff, or an adrenaline junkie, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you can have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. 
Make memories that will last forever with Viator. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. And we are back here on First Bite, talking with Kent Lee Platty, Pro Football Network and Raz fandom, or famedom, famedom. Uh, <laughs> talking about the NFL Combine last week. Uh, we we're going through the line's biggest needs. We talked to cornerbacks. We talked defensive tackle. Let's go to guard here. Lions kind of have an uncertain future there. Um, I feel like this guard class is very mixed. There's Osiris Torrance and then there's everyone else. So let's start with Osiris Torrance because I think some think he's in play there at 18. What, what are your overall thoughts on him as a prospect and how he performed at the, at last week's combine? Yeah, it had to be a, a bit of a disappointment for him coming into the combine. You know, this is a guy that was being hyped as the best guard in the draft and the best interior lineman by some people in the draft. And he just didn't test how he probably wanted to. Um, for his size, he tested perfectly fine. Um, but this is this is one of those scenarios where you're talking about drafting a guy in the first round. You don't want perfectly fine. You want a guy that's that's fantastic. You want those amazing athletes. You want the guys that pop whenever you see them. And if they're going to test but like not below average, but if they're going to test not in that elite range, you want to have, be able to explain that away. You want to be able to say, look, this is how it translates to tape. And we don't really get that with Osiris Torrance. Um, he ran a, a decent 40-yard uh, dash in his 10-yard split. They were both decent numbers, right about, right about average for a guard. Um, his shuttle drill, right about average for a guard. His broad jump, right about average for a guard. Um, his vertical jump was poor. I don't really, I don't really, not really super concerned about that, but that's, that's most of his drills are just average and he's 330 pounds and six, five. That's the size profile of the lines. Like he's got pretty long arms, um, but you don't want pretty average for your athletic traits. And the lions have not at any point since, since Brad Holmes taken, has taken over prioritized just average for athletic traits on the offensive line. Um, it was actually one of my concerns with Brad Holmes when the Lions picked him up as general manager because he did that at times for the Rams, but that has not been the case so far for Detroit. Um, I don't really consider him an option for the Lions at 18. Um, had he tested really well, I think he would have been an option at 18, but I don't think he would have been a primary option for the team. I think that Brad Holmes values value too much. He he likes looking for players yeah. of good value. And I don't think there's good value for a player like Torrance, even before he had tested at 18. Um, this is a pretty decent class on the interior of the offensive line. And I think if we are going to draft a guard, it is probably going to be day two. Well, let's, yeah, let's talk about that. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I was just going to segue to that, Kent. Like, who are some of the guys that did test in the realm? Because, you know, the Lions have that big gap, right? They pick 18 and then they don't pick until you know, wait, I think it's, is it 48? Like there's like 30 picks in between, yeah. um, you know, the, their pick at, at 18 and then in the second round. So is, is there somebody athletically who tested well enough, better than average um, at the combine that the Lions might take at guard? Not really. Cause a lot of the guys that, that we were kind of looking at day two didn't test really. A lot of those guys skipped the testing. And the only other guy, the only other interior offensive lineman that was really expected to go in that range was John Michael Schmitz who's a center and he had a worse combine than Osiris Torrance did. <laughs> so it, it didn't really work out for the guys that are kind of up there. Um, the day three guys, though, showed out. Um, guys like John Gaines from UCLA, 
city south from Eastern Michigan. And we know, we know that lions like to at least pay attention to their at home guys. Um, Those are a couple of names I think to watch um, on day three. Um, One guy that might sneak in and you're going to love it because we were just talking about ducks. Um, (laughs) I am going to try to pronounce his name. I apologize if I butcher it, but Mala Isala Almave Laulu from Oregon. Um, he's an interior offensive lineman, um, tested really well. He's generally pretty well thought of. Um, he has very long arms for a guard, 34 and a half inch arms at guard. So this is a guy that you could potentially split out if you had to. I, I don't think that he would do very well on the outside. But if you had to split him outside, I think he could do it for a couple of plays and not, not fall on his face. Um, but he tested very, very well, and he's pretty well thought of. So he's a guy that could sneak into day two and could potentially be an option for the Lions' third-round pick where they're picking there. All right, let's move to linebacker, uh, another position that um, not – I mean, not a ton of great options, I, I would say, at the top of the class. Maybe there, there's more depth guys um, that, that play, um, I would say, certain roles, like not not full-time starter necessarily. So, um, But I want to start with Noah Sewell because I feel like he's a guy that, that Lions fans – Talk about endlessly. Obviously, uh, his 2022 season was a disappointment on the field, but he's got, you know, he's got Sewell blood in him. And I think that that honestly could go a long ways. He's obviously going to have a good head on his shoulders. He's obviously going to have a, a competitive nature in him. So what do you think about him, his, his profile, I guess, his athletic profile and how it might fit with Detroit? Yeah, he was never going to be like the blow you out of the water type from an athletic standpoint. Um I've heard people say that he had a bad combine. I disagree with that assessment. I don't think that he had a bad combine. Um, He tested in at 246 pounds. He played over 250. um, So he leaned himself out a little bit. He ran a 4.64, which is a very good 40-yard dash for a a linebacker. His 10-yard split was 1.57, which is 93rd percentile. That's extremely good for for a linebacker. And those were the biggest areas that people thought he was going to struggle was in speed. Um, He skipped the agility drills. We'll probably see those at Oregon. Um, his explosive drills were a disappointment. They were right about league average, and that's that's just not really that good. And you yeah. want your linebackers to be explosive. That's one of the things that 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 Brad Holmes has prioritized at the linebacker position. He's also a lot bigger than what the Lions have prioritized at the linebacker position. This is very different from Matt Patricia, where everybody had to be 250 and have really long arms and all that crap. Um, it's all gone. We don't have to worry about it anymore. He can't hurt us anymore, guys. <laughs> um, but we don't we don't really the, the lines aren't necessarily looking at a guy like Noah Sewell and looking at that size and being like, oh, we really want to get that big thumper type. I don't think they're really going to be thinking about him that way. I think he's an option for the team on day two. Um, I think he's a good option for the team on day two. I think he's a good linebacker. I think there's a lot of really good stuff. Like you mentioned, we know he's got a good head on his shoulders. We know he's competitive. Um, but I don't know that schematically he fits what the Lions are trying to do. So I don't know if he's a really big option for the team. Or I could be wrong and they could just take another dodge. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, I mean, that's kind of like what Eric has echoed, right, Jeremy? Yeah, like for sure. you know, talking in our uh, Spotify live Q&As that, uh, that we do every Saturday morning. Quick plug for those. But um, speaking of things that can still hurt people, prospect of a running back going to the Detroit Lions in the first round. Okay. Uh we, we have to talk about this and I figure we 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 might want to talk about it at length because while the Lions can set aside a running back on day one, I think there's a distinct possibility that 
they could grab one on day two, uh, especially depending on what they do with Jamal Williams in, in free agency, right? So you got to kind of see where the where the dust settles on that first before you determine how high of a priority running back is. But let's first talk about Bijan Robinson. I'll ask the question because I know Jeremy uh, doesn't want to. Uh, a lot of comparisons to Edron James, Kent, historically, but in, in terms of how he tested athletically, is that accurate? Is there somebody else? Yeah, I don't really like the the Edger and James comparison, not just because Edge was just like one of the all-time greats. So it's always tough to compare guys to the all-time greats because I mean there's just that's that's why they're there, right? Um Edge was quite a bit faster, and I don't I don't think it really fits uh from a comparison standpoint. Bijan Robinson is fast, but he's not a burner. He's he's not gonna gonna light up every cornerback that he runs across. He's gonna run him over. And Edge could certainly do that when he wanted to. Um, but physicality is a bit more Bijan Robinson style. Um, I compared him to Alan Green, who was a former Green Bay Packer. Um, they're very, very similar athletically. I posted their side by side a couple of days ago. Um, very, very similar athletic profiles. Um, but from a running, running, running style standpoint, I think they, I think they fit as well. You've got a very physical runner with good speed who can run you over if he needs to. He can run away from you if he wants to. He can be active in the passing game if you need him to be. There's a lot of a lot of really good comparisons there. Um, another guy that I compared him to recently was Adrian Peterson. And I know I said no all-time greats, and I, I stand <laughs> by that. But I'm talking about the style of runner that he is yeah. here. I'm not talking about the level. Um, I, I think he is at least close to that level as a prospect of Adrian Peterson, but I don't want to, I don't want to draw that distinction here. I'm, I'm talking specifically about style. Um, Adrian Peterson was a guy that had a lot of speed, but he also had a ton of power and he liked to use that to his advantage because he would get out in space and he would put a move on somebody, making it look like he was going to juke them and then just lower his shoulder and level them as they're off balance. That's the kind of stuff that Bijan Robinson does. He's a powerful guy and he likes to take advantage of that power. Um, but he's got a lot of speed and a lot of quickness to him as well. He's a very versatile player. There's a reason that people are talking about him as this generational prospect because he's so good. But I can only assume as a stats and math and analytics guy, <laughs> you don't want him at 18, right? So you're going to hate me for this. Oh, no, Ken. Because we've talked, no, because we've talked before and you knew coming into this that I was probably going to be on your side because I joked about this. It was a running gag for years with us about how the Lions were going to draft another, they're going to draft another running back high. You know, it was always a running gag with us. Um, the, the thing though is for those teams that never would have fit. It's always about, does it fit your team and what your team is and what their identity is and what their roster says you can do. And it's that last part that I think is going to be the real distinction here, because I personally don't believe the Lions have the roster to be able to have the luxury of taking a running back at 18. However, from an offensive standpoint, that's what this team wants to do. They want to be a physical running team. Can you think of a better player offensively that the Lions, that fit the Lions mentality than Bijan Robinson in the first round? Can you think of any offensive player that fits what they want to do better? Because I can't. And if the Lions decide that they want to take a player who is going to define this franchise offensively for the next couple of years, it's Bijan Robinson. Um, all that said, I don't think that's going to be the pick. I, I don't, I don't think that that's who they're going to go to. 
I, I would change, though. I would say that it's not just a possibility that they take a running back on day two. I think it's a probability that they take a running back on day two. Yeah. Brad Holmes hasn't shied away from it. He's taken uh, day two running backs in back-to-back draft years before. Right. Um, he's he's a guy that understands, I think, the value of running back more than anybody in the league. Um, and day two is where you get that value. That's where you get the guy that you want to be your starter, that you know you can handle, that can handle the load. Um, whether or not you bring back Jamal Williams, I think a running back is going to happen on day two. I'm, I'm glad you said that. You you, you kind of you, you sandwiched a, a a good like a fair point, one that I didn't want to hear, but a fair point with with two things that made me feel a little bit better about your overall point there. But let, let's talk about some of those day two options. And I want to specifically point to a DeAndre Swift type because I think they, they want that too, right? They want a physical style runner, but I think they just as happily have a, a weapon, um, a, a breakaway weapon who can also be a factor in, in the receiving game. Not that Bijan Robinson can be. He's actually got pretty darn good hands as well. So Obviously, Swift, This I think we're all assuming right now this is probably his last year in Detroit. So who are some guys on day two, maybe even day three, uh, that maybe could fit that role in the long term? Yeah, there's a couple of guys that they could fit right in there. Um, Jamir Gibbs from Alabama is a guy that, that people have talked about as a potential first-round pick. I don't really see him as a first-round pick, um, even before he tested. He tested all right. Um, almost in that elite range, he, he ran a four, three, six, and his speed is pretty much what you're getting. Anyway, you're getting a guy with lots and lots and lots of speed. Um, his athletic comps were Kenneth Walker and job at best guys that people in Michigan are very familiar with. <laughs> um, and the types of players that the, the type of value that you're getting is that type of player, a guy who's going to give you that end, end to end speed where you can get him anywhere on the field, deploy him anywhere. And you have, you have a threat to get to the end zone. That's the type of player you're getting with him. Devin Shane is a little bit difficult, more difficult because he's so much smaller. He's a lot more slender. He, he came in at 188 pounds. He ran a 4.32. He's got tons and tons of speed, um, but he's really, really small. He comps favorably to, to Darren Sproles, and I think that's the type of usage that you would get out of him <clears throat> is that runner and receiver type of player. Um, I'm, I'm not sure he, he matches the toughness that Darren Sproles had, but he definitely has the same type of skill set that Sproles had. Um, moving on to day three, guys, uh, a name that I heard at the combine and didn't know a whole lot about, but I've learned quite a bit a lot about since in all these podcasts that I've done is Evan Hull from Northwestern. Um, he tested fantastic. So, of course, it was a guy I was going to eventually look into because he <laughs> tested really well. And that's that's one of the things I look into. Um, but I've been on a lot of podcasts since the combine and he's come up over and over again. People that have had interviews with him, people that have, that have started diving into his tape. Um, he ran a four four seven. Doesn't have that that elite top tier four three speed that we were just talking about, but he's got a lot of speed there. Um, really good agility. Ran a six nine in his cone drill. Um, he's a little bit over two hundred pounds, almost two ten. So he's got enough enough bulk there to be able to take a lot of hits. Um, but he's he's a very intriguing option to me for day three. And the little bit of tape that I did watch on him, I'm very excited to keep looking into it. So those are the three guys that I would look into if you're you're trying to replace uh, DeAndre Swift. I, I still just can't get over the look on Jeremy's face when <clears throat> we're talking about Bijan Robinson and, and Kent's launching into it. And it was just like at two Kent, like, <laughs> like I, you were the guy I was supposed to trust. Um, but I, I think, I think generally like even Jeremy can understand, like depending on what happens, especially in free agency, the Lions need a running back and the best place to get those guys is through the, is through the draft. True. Listen, yep. I'd love to have Bijan Robinson 
if he could slip to the third round, that'd be amazing. Um, <laughs> no, so you teased this during our break. So we're, we're going to stick with running back here. But you said there's a guy that favors that, let's say, Jamal leaves and freed. So we all don't want it to happen, but we all recognize there's probably a market for him. And, and it might cost the lines a little bit more than they're willing to spend on a 28-year-old running back. So you tease that there's a guy that, that, that comps very favorably to Jamal Williams. Tell me about him. So if if Jamal leaves, the guy that I think the Lions are going to look at most favorably is Zach Charbonnet from UCLA. He would have to be their second round pick. I don't think he's going to fall any further than that. Uh, but the guy that I was teasing you guys about, and and you, I'm sure you've heard his name quite a bit because you've talked about Bijan ad nauseum. But Roshan Johnson, also out of Texas, mm-hmm. um, his top athletic comp was Le'Veon Bell. His second comp was Jamal Williams. There you go. He's six. He's six foot and a quarter, almost exactly the same as Jamal Williams. He's two hundred and nineteen pounds, just barely heavier than Jamal Williams. Ran a four five eight. Williams ran a four five nine. Had a thirty one and a half inch vertical. Jamal had a thirty. Both those are below average numbers, but they're they're adequate, but they're below average. Uh, had a ten foot two inch broad jump. Jamal had a ten foot three inch broad jump. Uh, Jamal's Raz was hurt a lot by his bad agility drills. And I think Roshan Johnson, if he chooses to do his agility drills, is going to see his score similarly drop. His running style is straight line physical runner, just like Jamal Williams. Um, Both play style and athletically, he comps very similar to Jamal. Uh, The big question I have on the front of my mind is how much does he like Naruto? And can we <laughs> to be the the full one for one replacement? Right. If if Jamal was to was to leave, um, but it is a very interesting comp. And with the running style being so similar, I have to think that Brad Brad Holmes and and Dan Campbell are going to be paying attention to it. All right, I'm going to start banging the table to draft a Texas running back. <laughs> <laughs> Should do that. Should just post that out. We're going to Lions are going to draft a, run, a Texas running back, and I'm going to be happy about it, and then just never explain any further. <laughs> uh, can, can can I sneak in one last question? Because it, yeah, yeah. I, I feel I feel like it wouldn't be fair to me because I have such a crush on this guy, Darnell Washington, Ken. Another guy who just had an incredible combine, right? Going to throw tight ends at me now. Oh, yeah. I mean, we <laughs> ran through cornerback, defensive tackle, guard, linebacker, running back. We have to talk about a yeah. tight end of the first round. It's the Detroit Lions, Ken. We're, we're talking about bad <laughs> positional value and with running hey, backs. Let's, just let's do it. No tight team end right drafts tight ends more in the first round than the Detroit Lions. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a general manager tradition. Every new one we get has to draft at least one. Um Darnell Washington is an option in the first round. Um, I, I didn't write an article about it, but I did repost at least two or three articles about it by now, about how Darnell Washington is a guy that people should think should be there. Um, phenomenal blocker, really good blocker, coming from a, 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 a plus program in Georgia that's known to develop talent. Uh, he's six six and five eighths. He's more than six six and a half, two hundred and sixty four pounds, and ran a four six four. Um, he has phenomenal athleticism and it pops every time that you watch this guy on tape both as a blocker and as a pass catcher um one of the guys that i would comp him to from a stylistic standpoint and again i am not comping him to an all-time great to get that going that way but i'm talking from a stylistic standpoint this is going um, in the headline ken to the oh podcast God, go ahead <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna regret it then um was travis kelsey um because Kelsey coming out of college was known for being a brutal blocker. And I know for some reason there's a weird narrative now that he can't block. I have no idea where that came from, Um, but he was a phenomenal blocker coming out of college. And he was one of my favorite players coming out of that draft class. 
He had had nothing but athleticism, and that blocking skill was such a big plus that the receiving stuff is almost secondary to it because you're you're not considering him a big receiving threat because you're thinking of all the ways you can use him to block and release and get out into the open where there's just nobody there. It's it's you don't need to worry about how good a guy's hands are if he's wide open on the play and flat <laughs> and he's got eight or nine yards before there's anybody near him. It, Brock, right. Yeah, <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> but imagine that way more often and huge, like yeah. just massive. Um, he's a very interesting player. Um, I, I do have some concerns about his size in, in how he's going to be played and how he's going to hold up because he, he gets gassed a little bit as games start to get start to go. Um, but that's that's conditioning. And I'm not as concerned about conditioning. That's one of my, my lowest concerns for for prospects coming out is conditioning, because you're going to get into an NFL conditioning program. And at that point, it's just luck of the draw. Which team do you get? Right. Um, but Darnell Washington's a really good prospect. One of the better prospects in a good class It's a very good tight end class. Um, we could spend a whole podcast just talking about the tight ends. It's a great class. Well, we'll have to maybe have you on a, a second time to just talk tight ends um, <laughs> as, as we're still, what, two months away from from the draft, a little bit less than that. But Kent, appreciate you making some time. I know it's been crazy busy over the past two weeks, um, and it's, it's probably not going to slow down anytime soon for you. But um, I, I want to give you the floor here for a second to, to promote whatever you want to promote. Uh, the, the floor is yours, Kent. Uh, what Where can we find you? What can we see from you and Pro Football Network? Yeah, you guys can find me at my website is ras.football. You can go there and look up any player profile from 1987 to today. There's over 23,000 players in that database. Lots of guys for you to go look up. Um, there's a compare tool now on the team on the page. Underneath every player card, you can see a player that they compare to, and you can click on it. It'll take you right to that player compare page. You can look at them side by side. You can look up other compares if you want. Um, you can change players' positions underneath the card. You can. Uh, there's an on-page calculator now, or if you're wondering what a player would score for a metric that they missed, see what their score would change to. You can do all that now. Um, and I've added features on the regular site as well. Underneath the main table on the site, there's a list of all the NFL teams, so including your Detroit Lions. If you click on that, it'll take you to a page that has every player currently on the Lions roster and their RAS. You can look up the RAS for every player on the Lions roster. It's also got the average, the highest, and the lowest mark for every single testing metric for every position on that roster. <laughs> so if you're really looking to dig into analytics on the Detroit Lions from an athletic standpoint, we've got tools for you. Um, if you're if you're not into all that stuff, but you like looking at the draft and you want to run your own potential mock draft, you can go to mock draft or profootballnetwork.com slash mock draft and check out our mock draft simulator there. It's already been updated with the Bears pick. <laughs> you mentioned I did that during the podcast earlier. <laughs> Um, so you can go there and run that as the Detroit Lions. Pick whoever you want to pick and let me know how terrible my mock drafts are and how great your mock draft is. <laughs> uh, because we all know that mine are bad and yours are fantastic. So go do those things. Or you can just hit me up on Twitter at MathBomb. I'm always willing to talk football. It's my obviously a passion of mine. It's one of my favorite things to do. So hit me up in one of those places. What One and, of my favorite things to do, real quick, Ryan, I'll let you go, um, is, is and I see it pop up on the timeline every now and then, is Dan Campbell's RAS score, which is a 10.0. <laughs> is a 10.0. <laughs> Yeah, it was like 1989 or whatever it was. So there was yeah. there was a lot of a lot of tens changing hands because the database was small, so so small. But yeah, highest RAS for a, an NFL head coach, man. <laughs>
And, and the last thing I want to say is Kent does all this tireless work and it's so great to see the way that he's grown and the way that he's you know reached the levels that he's reached. But donate, 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 donate. Uh, you know, there's there's an opportunity to reward Kent for for all this hard work that he's doing, and then I even know he's got somebody he's working with, uh, too now because this is you know a job that one man. It, it, it just blows my mind that you were doing this all by yourself for so long. Um, yeah. but uh, if you if you can, uh, definitely you know show show some support and and go uh throw a few dollars Kent's way. Yeah, those are those are pinned by Venmo and PayPal. They're both pinned to my profile page on Twitter. There you go. All right, Kent. Appreciate the time, man. This is definitely not the last time we're going to talk to you before the NFL draft, uh, but appreciate all the time that that you give us, and appreciate you all for listening. Uh, we will be back with a free agency preview podcast that might already be in the can on the podcast feed coming in soon. We got the uh, Spotify Live live Saturday morning. By the time you're hearing this on the podcast probably already happened but look out for that on the podcast feed as well we got a ton coming your way as free agency is about to kick off the draft is not far behind the corner plenty of lions content for your earballs but until next time thank you all for joining us it's chaos be guy Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smartwater Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com.